In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. May God give us a word of comfort and peace in this time when He comforted all of humanity by coming into this world. And on this day of the second Sunday of Kiev, we celebrate the Annunciation, so to speak. Not the actual feast of the Annunciation, but the event of the Annunciation of our Lord Jesus Christ being conceived in the virginal womb of St. Mary. And uh, this came through her obedience to listening to the Word of God and by accepting the Word of God and allowing it to produce fruit within her. There is a question that is asked and answered in our readings today. How is one saved through faith in Jesus Christ? If you noticed in the, in the readings I mentioned last week, Pauline epistle is taken from Romans. Last week was chapter 1. This week chapter 3 into chapter 4. Next week is going to continue chapter 4. And, and the fourth week will be chapter 9. And in this beautiful writing of St. Paul's, which we are studying on Tuesdays, all are welcome, and we will study this chapter, chapter 4, this Tuesday. Uh, as we are studying this chapter, we understand that St. Paul is speaking to the Romans, both to the Gentiles and to the Jews. He's speaking to two groups, and he says, basically, nobody is better than the other person. The Jews thought they were better than the Gentiles. The Gentiles thought they were better than the Jews. And in the first three chapters, he kind of knocks both of them down. Uh, basically, the Jews are without excuse, and the Gentiles, nobody is righteous. And he, even the readings that we had today, he says, no one is righteous, no, not one. And in the chapter... It's easier to find in my Bible... Um, in the chapter uh, 3, verse, verse 21, or actually verse 20, he says, For no human, no man, no person, will be justified in the sight of God by the works of the law, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. So we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But he says the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. The righteousness of God is seen in Jesus Christ. And being seen in Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ has been given to all who believe. He says, for there is no distinction. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and they are justified by grace as a gift through the redemption which is in Jesus Christ. And he goes on and he speaks about this faith, faith in Jesus Christ and the law of faith. And what does it mean to have faith in Jesus Christ? And this is what we need to ask ourselves. What, how is one saved through faith in Jesus Christ? Now there are many people that have different answers. So we have our answer and we're not here to debate the other answers, but at least to understand how we understand this statement, faith in Jesus Christ. And to us, it's clear through the example of Abraham. He says that we ended today's reading on a very powerful verse. It says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What does that mean? Abraham believed God. There's the faith 
and it was accounted to him as righteousness, there was the salvation, so to speak. The righteousness that was given to Abraham was the righteousness of God given to Abraham. In the, when we understand the word righteousness, it's, righteousness is not something that is separate from God. God is the one who is righteous, and the one who is righteous is in a relationship with God. It's, it's a property of God that is given to the one who is in a relationship with God. Now some people understand this to mean Abraham believed God, had faith in God, and because he believed in God and had faith in God, this promise of salvation was given to him. He didn't do anything. It was just his faith and his belief in God that was given that has given him this promise of salvation. And if we believe in the promise of God, exactly like Abraham did, then the promise will be given to us. So this is how some people believe it, not us though. When we understand this idea of this promise given to Abraham, we don't think about it in our mind only. And this is this is unfortunately the problem, not only among um, certain groups of Christians, but even among us. And I believe what I'm speaking about now is a problem among many of those that we know that have left the church. People that were raised in the church and grew up in the church, they were not able to understand this one issue. And this issue is that God is not an object of our thoughts. And faith is not something that is simply internal to us. Faith, when I have faith, for example, that I, I, I turn my car on and it goes, and, and that's my faith. I don't know what exactly is happening, but I know in my mind that if I do X, Y, and Z, I'll get a certain result. But in our relationship with God, He is not an object of thought, but He is one to be in a relationship with. And, and this is this the only or one of the clearest ways of explaining this is through the love you have for another person. The love you have for another person. Love in general, I can talk about love in general, and we can speak about, yes, uh, I understand what it means to be in love with someone and what it means to love someone and what it, what it looks like in general, but you don't know the love unless you feel it from that person. So I can explain to you exactly my love for my son. Or I can tell you about my love for my, my mother. But you won't know the same love. You won't experience that love. You know what love is, but you don't know that love. That love is very specific. And you can understand the concept of the love of a father or love of a, of a mother or love of a child. But the actual feeling of that love, you don't know unless you're in it. Does that make sense? It's like saying, I can explain to you the perfect... I don't know if this is... I'm going to see if this works. It's like explaining to you the perfect, uh, you know, macarona bechamel recipe, right? But you don't know what it tastes like until you are actually sitting in front of it. Like the concept is different from the actual experience. And this is what faith in God is. And this is what grace is. And this is what righteousness is. All of these words, we try to explain 
outside of the relationship that we have with God. Now going back to Abraham, and we'll get to St. Mary in a second, going back to Abraham, what, what, was the, what was happening when it said Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness? What story in the Bible was that related to? What was, was going on there? Do we remember? Hmm? It was the promise of his son and he, had, he was old in age. His wife was old in age. It was con- conceptually impossible to believe that this would happen. And not only that, there was things he had to do after the fact of this promise. He had to do, there was work to be done, and there was not only just belief, but to act on that belief. And so, when God promises to Abraham, you will have a son and you will be the father of many nations, he believes on it and he does the work towards it. And we can read the whole life of Abraham and see the work of faith that Abraham lived or or did after that promise was given to him. It wasn't simply a promise and he had nothing to do. It was a promise that God was saying to him, if you allow me to work in you, you will be the father of many nations. If you allow me to be in a relationship with you, this is what will happen. So the act of faith was Abraham saying to God, I will allow you to work in me and through me. The same is true with us in our baptism. We open ourselves up to God working within us. The other way of thinking about it is if we think about baptism like I'm purchasing a a watch or I'm uh, purchasing a phone. If we think of baptism like I received a product from God, like a phone or like some sort of commodity, then we don't understand what the concept of that sacramental life is in the church. The sacramental life is us opening ourselves up to God for Him to give us of His qualities, of His properties, and to work within us so that we can be called righteous, we can be called holy, we can be called saints of God. We receive this as grace, it is a gift, but it's not a gift to be put on the shelf or in our pocket, it's a gift that's supposed to work within us. And so when we ask this question, how is one saved through faith in Jesus Christ? It's not about a, a mental belief or an internal uh, agreeing to, 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 to follow the commandments, but it is work that follows afterwards. Work that follows afterwards. Look at the, the story that we have today of Archangel Gabriel going to the Holy Virgin Mary. There's a word that describes both the relationship of Abraham to God and uh, St. Mary with God. And that word, it's it's an English word, it's, it's synergy or cooperation. One is taken from the Latin, one is taken from the Greek. Synergy means to work together and cooperation means to work together. And this is an important concept when it comes to salvation. The word itself is not a theological term. You've probably heard it before, right? You have to cooperate with people at work and other, other places. But when it comes in our salvation, it means we have to work with God. Saint Mary had to say yes to what the archangel was proposing to her. 
she wasn't, it wasn't forced upon her. It wasn't a, a one decision process. And when we understand that, we understand our, our role when it comes to our own salvation. Yes, God saves everyone, but it is for the person to accept that salvation and to work, as St. Peter and St. Paul would describe it, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, or conduct your time your, while you're here on this earth in fear. One was St. Paul, one was St. Peter, saying the same, the same, that we have to work at our salvation. And the work that of our salvation means being open to hearing the Word of God and allowing it to take an effect within us, to work within us. How is one saved through faith in Jesus Christ? By allowing the words to form within us and to produce fruit. And we, we know that at the end we'll be judged according to our, what we've done, according to our deeds. Are they the product of our faith or are they the product of something else? And this is, what, this is the good news of the gospel that God has shared himself with us. He's shared himself with us. We see it first and foremost in St. Mary. What a wonderful story. What a beautiful story of God coming down to earth and speaking to this little girl and saying that you will give birth to Emmanuel, God with us. But the story doesn't stop there. It continues all the way to this table that we are in front of, that is in front of us right now. This table is where God is speaking that same promise to each and every one of us. He's saying to all of us, open yourself to me. Allow me to come in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And here he is standing at the door of each and every one of our hearts, knocking. And the sacramental life means that God is sharing himself with us, but our will, like Abraham's will, and like St. Mary's will, has to be open to going where we are being led. To go to the place that is, that is, is, is for each and every one of us. Now that's where your personal spiritual life is very important. The challenge that we give to you during this holy fifty oh, or during this holy fast, the challenge of reading your Bible is is the end is so that you sit with yourself and that you sit with God and that you open yourself up to hear what God is speaking to you, what He wants for you in your life. Doesn't matter, you know, how young or how old you are, there is a message for you. And and it is it is a message that is uh, tailored to you. He knows your name. And he gives you a name that nobody else knows. This is the intimacy between God and you. And this intimacy continues into eternity. We have to accept it now. We have to allow for it to work within our hearts now. May God accept our fasting and accept our prayers through the intercessions of our father Abraham and through our mother Saint Mary. May he allow us to share the same promises that he gave to them and may he allow us and help us through our relationship with him to allow faith to grow within us to allow righteousness and holiness to grow within us may the fruits of this season be for each and every one of us to God be the glory now and ever in the age of all ages Amen, Amen.